Welcome to another edition of Full Time Out with K Black and everybody's uncle. Welcome back, uncle. What up, what up, what up, man? <laughs> hey, you know, last few episodes, you know, we had a couple interviews, obviously. Uh, the bubble stories with Chris. We had Mario Shayok that we did with KZ. Devontae Graham also with KZ. So what what'd you, what'd you think about those interviews, man? What stood out to you? Well, I mean, what I liked about them, obviously, uh, I think uh, the, the, the bubble story was a little different to the sense yeah. that... Uh, it wasn't as personal. Um, yeah. It was more like, okay, stories going on <laughs> in a place that nobody was at. Yeah. And, but I feel like the last two, like Mario and uh, and Devonte, I think that was more on a on a personal journey, which is is dope because I think a lot of time we we you know we watch things from the outside. Mm-hmm. We don't know what they're going through. You know what I mean? I think uh, I still remember uh, that 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 little piece about uh, you know. Vontae's workouts right like you see that he got better in this game yeah but you don't see or you don't now it's like he gave us like the thought process that went behind why he shot the ball so damn well on the on the three yeah exactly. you know I mean? because they you know i mean they had a whole game plan you know like he said kemba left hey man somebody gonna have to take these shots so now mm-hmm. it's like it was just to me it was dope to see what went through it and how it was executed and how good it looked because of the hours that was put in and, and, you know, obviously, you know, everything coming together in full circle. It was dope. Yeah, definitely. And, and I thought that was really interesting of him to be so blunt about it. And, there, and, and the fact that the Hornets were just like, man, they, <laughs> they saw somebody on their roster and, I, and I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Say, right. They probably saw that he had those abilities and, he was probably the most suited candidate to kind of replace that void that was left when when Kemba was was traded. So, right, it was it was interesting for him to uh, to to talk about that. Definitely. But um, today's episode is something we we've previewed enough. Uh, we've talked about how we we're gonna do this and you know how we we're gonna discuss it at large. So we're gonna do a our little mock draft. So we're gonna go back and forth. Uh, discussing our picks and you know basically playing gms playing play, playing you know monday morning quarterback as far as being gms you know? right right so <laughs> so we're gonna try to guess what these teams and what, what they're gonna do and what their thought process is gonna be when when picking those guys um so obviously there are a lot of prospects First, before we start, are there some prospects that you're really looking forward to uh, to, to see in the league for, for next year? Um, I'll be honest, it might be Mellow. Uh, yeah. It might be Mellow. Um, mm-hmm. Just, he's very intriguing. You know what I mean? I think we had a conversation before and I was heavy on Obi, and I'm still in. But, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what Mellow brings, he could be something really incredible. Or he could just be like, you know, what we kind of feel he is just off, you know, that some of our, our, our questions going around him, the, the nonchalant, you know what I'm yeah. saying, and that he seems like he doesn't care or play hard and things like that. So it's like he has the potential to be incredible, and he also has the flaws that could turn us off and be like, ah, that might not be it. It's a gamble because it the really potential is. the potential is so high. And – you kind of sit when you look at his feel for the game, his ball skills, and you're just like, man, this 
kid could be something really, really special. But you also look at the downside at all the bad habits that, you know, he's accumulated through the years. And you just hope that, you know, he's coached well enough to kind of, you know, get rid of those quickly and just maximize what he has as far as potential goes because he could really, really be special. Right. Yeah. So you're, I'm going to let you play, you know, the odd team. So picks one, three, five, et cetera, up to 15. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to play, you know, the uh, even team. So two, four, et cetera. Right. Uh, just, just, you know, basically looking at the teams, what they have currently and try to make your pick based on that. Uh, we're not going to go about, you know, trying to trade prospects and everything. I mean, a lot of teams <laughs> might do that. But, you know, right. as far as we're, we're concerned, these are the picks that are going to happen uh, next week uh, on the 18th, so Wednesday. Right. So, Uncle. What's up? With your miracle ball, as we know. <laughs> that crystal ball that predicted so many events. Except for the NBA Finals. <laughs> right. <laughs> I might not predict this one right either. <laughs> like, this, this one is – it could go anywhere, man. It's, it's, a, it's a weird draft class to me, man. It's just it is. It is. Going off what you need versus, you know, sometimes I feel like they try to go after the best potential. And right now it's just – it's weird. It's a weird one, man. I, th- I think it's weird because the gap between – one and let's say 15 is not that big yeah and that's just this is the issue because usually you have the one two are probably like okay we know exactly who these are going to be or one two three even sometimes but in this one i mean you trade the seventh pick for the second pick you might just get a better play at seven yeah (laughs) it really is it really is and that's why i'm like i'm not even I'm not even going to debate much of these picks unless, let's say, for example, you pick a dude that has the same position as, let's say, your franchise guys. Then I'm like, man, you're wasting that draft by exactly. going for that. Mm-hmm. That might be the only reason. But aside from that, it's like anything goes, man. Anything goes. There's not a clear cut. Like we said, Melo could easily go number one. Yeah, <laughs> but Mello, me- yeah exactly. Same but way they- he could easily go five. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Nobody could be mad about it. You know what I mean? I feel like, what was it, last year? I felt like one and two was debatable to the yeah. sense where, you know, we felt like Ja was really good, but we also felt like Zion was like a generational talent. Athlete. He was, he was you know super, I mean? super special. Exactly. So it's <laughs> like you kind of have to go with him or you might lose your job if <laughs> you don't. Exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? But I don't see any of these for, for this one. This one is like, hey, you can have a kid pick this one out just because – you can't really go wrong, right? It's like the talent is pretty close and it's about, you know, the opportunity and, you know, being in the right environment that's going to help the, the talent grow. Totally agree with you. And, and, and the fact is, like, let's say a guy like AD, let's say a guy like Zion, let's say a guy like, like Kevin Durant, uh, LeBron James, whoever. Right. Uh, those guys are can't miss. You look at them and say, at worst, this guy yeah. is like a three-time all-star. Right. At best, they're, you know, future Hall of Famers, uh, NBA champions. Right. Potential MVP candidates. Right. But but even Kevin Durant that you're talking about, Greg Oden won before him, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, exactly. Which, Greg went you know what I'm saying? And even Greg, aside from the injuries, 
It wasn't a bad been, pick. He would have been that. Yeah. If Greg Oden had not been injured, he would have been, you know, an all-star. Right. As far as the talent went, there is no doubt because the guys that went after him, so you look at Joakim Noah, Al Orford, et cetera, he was way better than them. Of course. And, and they became all-stars. Yeah. Like perennial all-stars. So yeah. if you look at this that way, I mean, Greg was going to be an all-star if it wasn't for injuries. And of course. I have no doubt about it. So that's and, and that's the difference between this one is you have a guy like Lamelo, who could be a perennial all-star. Right. But it could also come off the bench and be like a spark plug, which right. for second pick overall is not necessarily the ideal situation. Right. Know, because you're usually picking a franchise guy at that point. You know? Right. Right. You're, you're trying to transform your, your team. Right. So with that being said, let's start off with the first pick overall, the Minnesota Timberwolves with uncle select. What do you have? Um, we're going with um, Anthony, Anthony Edwards. Um, just off the strength that I, I think we spoke about this before. I feel like they, they need that position. And, mm-hmm. you know, we even felt like we would trade for that position, you know, just because I think they, they, they're about maybe a, a player or two away from, you know, cracking a nice playoff spot. And we felt like, and well, I personally felt like they needed like more of a veteran, you know, somebody who's ready to go, who yeah. is not high maintenance, who could be a good leadership for, um, uh, for their point guard. And, um, you know, uh, Towns, I think that would be, you know, that would be the right idea. That's why I'm going with, you know, with a, with a pretty solid shooting guard that has a, you know, a bright future, you know, and like I said, this doesn't mean that I feel like he's the best player in the draft or, you know, but I just felt like, you know, he, he might be that piece that they need. You know what I mean? He could, he could defend for them and, and, you know, trying to, trying to score for them a little bit. Also, you know, right now they really have a young team. Exactly. And I, and I agree with you that they just need an infusion of talent. Right. And that's what Anthony Edwards would be because they, you know, they have obviously uh, Russell, they have Okogi, they have Towns, they have Culver that they drafted in a lottery last year. Right. But they they need another another guy, another go-to that can potentially be that guy at the end of games that, you know, that takes over, that have that, you know, that little humph, that little, right. you know, extra that, that gets you over the hump. And I don't know if Edwards is going to be that next year. Right. Because I just think as far as feel for the game goes, he certainly has a lot to learn. Right. Uh, especially being able to, to play at the in-between game. He, he's often three and and at the rim. Right. Um, but aside of that, I think physically, he's ready to play in the league right now. Like, the right. guy looks like he's, <laughs> he's built like Derrick Henry. <laughs> right. But, that, but that's why I, 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 I spoke about defense. I feel like that may yeah. be the thing that kind of keeps him – you know, on the court, yeah. on the court, and then he has the physical attributes to be that type of guy uh, on the defensive end. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like Okogi's first first two years, where offensively you, th- you saw that his game was kind of coming along and catching up, but right. defensively he was already there. He was already able to compete in the league. It was just a matter of his offensive game getting there. And and I think if he's able to stay on the court just based on his defense and learn to do the fire. 
right. I think that would be, you know, worth it for him as far as uh, developing, you know, his offensive game down the line. Yeah, so, definitely. So I, I'm, I'm not mad at the pick. I'll go with my second choice. Right. So Golden State selects James Wiseman from Memphis. So you just you just messed me up with that right there. Why? <laughs> because, like I said, you know when we talk about Melo could easily go number one, but yeah. also easily go five. Yeah. And right now I'm looking at obviously I think it, it makes sense to go with um with James Wiseman. I'm not taking that away, obviously. Um, but I just feel like Charlotte kind of needs that position as well. Oh, Charlotte yeah. needs that position. Exactly. So, so it, it, it now it throws me off where I'm like, hold up now, who am I picking? Because right now, like I said, I think it, it's a good pick. You know what I mean? He's a, you know, a center of force down there that, you know, obviously, like we said, Golden State and damn Charlotte could use. Yep. You know what I mean? Because I, and especially Charlotte, I feel like they have so many guys, uh, the P.J. Washington uh, and Miles Bridges, Miles, who you know, who fits the the three four ish, or we want to call it a stretch four, yeah. you know, what I'm saying position, and you know that I feel like that is a position that you know they have that they're solid with that, and then we just talk about a guard position where we feel like you know they they're solid. So I wouldn't necessarily bring in Mello. No, well, honestly, I don't know because depending on how they view. Malik Monk and how do you think he's going to because that's a lottery pick so right. we'll get back to, to, to Golden State but I just want to mention because right. Malik Monk if if he develops into sort of that Lou Will bench mm-hmm. court type right. like a Monte Ellis right. uh, back in the days in the in, the, in these early early Warriors days I mean that's really then I, I'm not saying that they won't necessarily need another another card but if that's not what he projects to be and what they project him to be, mm-hmm. I still think they need another guard, another guy that can create off the dribble. Because Miles and PG, yes, they're good fours, but they're really guys that you have to create for them. They're, right. they're not going to create their own stuff. So now you that's put the fact. pressure on Devontae and Terry. They're, they're small guards. Right. And we, uh, we know and we've seen in the league, you kind of need, you know, bigger wings and bigger guards that are able right. to okay to, to make him run you know so like you use him kind of like how okc used to use james harden to playmate yeah exactly okay yeah. so you you have your starters and Devonte and terry can be your starters and they're going to be you know probably your top guys for the next two years but you have that you know kind of that joker that right bringing off the bench and right and you're just throwing the table and it's like, yeah, now I have another guy that can play make just as well as those guys. It's probably just as talented. Right. And he's six eight. Right. You know? Right. So I, I feel like I feel like you're not in, in a such such a bad position. Right. With the big I think I feel like you may have convinced me on that. You may have convinced me on that. Uh I would have probably went for a big, but you're right. As far as like their position that they're in, like what do they really have to lose by going after probably, you know, the best talent mm-hmm. draft, you know what I mean? And, and like you said, if, if they're thinking ahead like that, using him as, let's say, like a, a James Harden type in OKC, you know, who's going to play make for the rest of the team, you know, I think, I think that could work out definitely, for sure. 
Yeah, exactly. And for the Warriors, I think, it, you know, if they're not trading a pick, I think it's a no-brainer because at the other positions, they're pretty set. Unless they're going to get, say, the Marcus Cousins or, you know, obviously Kevon Looney is probably going to be back. So they, right. they feel like with their starting, you know, four and then Kevon Looney, they're, they're going to be a, a contending team. Right. And they want to add a wing and they go after Aftia. Instead right. of being like, you know what? Instead of having Marcus Chris that we counted uh, when Looney is injured, right. we'll have James Wiseman there. Right. But I, I, I got a question for you. That I need you to try to, I guess, convince me. You're going to have to convince me on this one. Yep. What, what is the biggest difference between Wiseman and uh, Damian Jones that they got rid of? Damian was more of an athlete that was still sort of figuring out how to uh, – really right. be good on the court. You know right. what I mean? Where his feel for the game wasn't necessarily the same as a guy like Wiseman, who has a lot of good ball skills. You know, he's able to, he moves better and he understands his positionings. And when he rolls hard, you know, he's always at the right spots and he can catch okay. everything. Whereas Damian Jones wasn't necessarily that. You know, he right. has good physique. I think physically it was impressive. But it's kind of the same as Marcus Chris, where you look at him physically and you look at what he could be and you're like, wow, that's really impressive. But when you see him on the court, you see that there's so many things that he's still lacking because of his understanding of the game and right. you know, or lack thereof, that's still a, an issue, you know? So right. I think that that's probably the biggest difference because, I mean, Wiseman really dominated every single level that he's played at. Right. It wasn't really the case with Damian Jones. They were basically drafting him more on his potential. Right. Ahead of the fact that he actually performed at a high level. Don't get me wrong. He was good at Vanderbilt. Right. He wasn't the beast that Wiseman was in high school and and his, you know, the type of things that he showed in his three games that he was at Memphis. Yeah. So I think I think that's the that's the main 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 difference to me just just the talent level and and the feel for the game, right? Come, coming out of the draft, that makes sense. So with the third pick, you're going with Lamelo. I'll go with Lamelo. I think you you convinced me with that one. I was gonna go away from him and, and probably go with a with a center. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, a lot of the stuff out there is it's you know it's it's. Uh, mostly you know power forward but then again that position is interchangeable if you can find anybody above six nine exactly. you need to call him a center in this day and age <laughs> right but, uh, and, and, yeah go ahead and that, and that's the, the biggest thing in today's league find somebody ahead uh that that's over six nine that can move his feet right and you're good to go exactly and, uh, that's really all you need on your roster so exactly <laughs> You know, I, I think I think for yeah, the Lamelo pick makes sense. You know, if you're going, hey, I'm trying to get the best talent. So, uh, fourth pick, Chicago. That's a tough one. But Why is that? I'm going with Tyrese Halliburton with this one. Yeah, I knew you was gonna bring him out very early. <laughs> 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 but I I I thought about that one. The, yeah. The, but the reason because I knew you were gonna go there. Yeah, but once again, it's uh, what's his name? Uh, the athlete they got there, the guy, Zach Levine. Zach being there, and they just draft uh, Kobe. Kobe. 
I was like, are we trying to do that? I know he's a big guard, but are we trying to do that? He's a big guard and he's a pass-first guard. Right. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe scores a lot. How tall is Kobe? Kobe seems small, like a small guard to me. No, Kobe's 6'4". That's it. But Kobe, Kobe doesn't have a huge wingspan. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He look, if, <laughs> if I'm looking at him, from what I see, I see, like, max 6'1". Yeah, no, but Kobe, Kobe's tall. Kobe's 6'4". He's really 6'4". <laughs> like, he's, <laughs> he's a legit 6'4 without shoes. He was listed at 6'5 before. Right. You know? <laughs> but but Tyrese is 6'6 with a 6'11 wingspan. Right. So you can play all those three guys together and interchange them, and you kind of don't lose that, you know, that size that you would have with a regular three or, or you know, a two guard. Right. So you would have a, a, a PG at 6'6", six, six, a two guard at 6'4", and then Zach probably at the three at 6'6". Six, six. Who's your ball handler? I put, I put Tyrese on, on the ball. And that's put, my thing. As well as Tyrese can pass the ball, I'm like, how well does the other guys do without the ball? Well, they, they've played well together together last year. Last year, they played a lot of Sadoransky, Kobe, Zach together. So I think having a Tyrese... But it was always that, one of those guys with the ball, right? Either Zach or Kobe. Well, they, no, they, they ran Kobe a lot off the screen. At the end of the season, Kobe was really playing as a two-guard. Okay. And yeah. who had the ball? Sadoransky. Sadoransky okay. was really running the one. Yeah. Okay. Or Chris Dunn, depending. Yeah, Dunn. Yeah. But I think Tyrese has a lot more upside. And if you're going to draft a guy high, kind of have to, to give him that chance to show that he's able to run your team, you know? Oh, without a question. But that's why I was like, once again, if you're going to draft that position, the same position that you draft the year before, like what's the game plan? Because now it's looking crazy because if, you know, the, the, the point guard that you just drafted the year before can't play off the ball, really, then that's a problem. And the one you're bringing in, if he can't play off the ball or if you bring him as a playmaker, mm-hmm. you're kind of, you know, messing up the, the chemistry of the team right there. Yeah, but, but I, I think once they, they saw that Kobe was really successful as a scorer much more than running an offense, I, I think that probably is going to change their mind as to where they want to go with that roster because – now they, they have to decide. Either they go with a wing and sort of have a compliment to, to Laurie right. uh, out there, or they, will, they go with another guard because they, they kind of really need somebody that can play make for other people. Right. You know, because Kobe and Zach really, you know, they score. They, <laughs> it's really they score for themselves. And obviously Zach has gotten better as making plays for others, but not – yet to the point where he really makes guys around him better. Right. So I feel like having a guy that can do that right away will be really, really beneficial for that team. Yeah. So with the fifth pick, you're Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. Right. Where are you going? I'm going with my boy. Uh, I think with, with rumors of Tristan, you know, they're trying to get mm-hmm. rid of Tristan. Uh, well, Tristan's a free agent. Yeah, but they, they're probably not going to sign him. I'm sure K-Love trying to get out of there as well. Yeah. Um, you know, with those two guards, I think if you bring in somebody exciting like Obi, uh, you know, they could get something going on over there. That's your guy, huh? That's my guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> Amari Stoudemire. <laughs> hey, but 
I, I, I can't fault you. Honestly, if they view him as a four, probably stretch five. Right. I think he fits well. My my only concern with OB is that it goes into a spot where he's kind of forced to play on the wing and he's really not tooled to be a wing guy. I think right. he's really he's really gonna excel in the league if he has guards that can give him the ball and can, you know, make him flourish. Definitely. You know, at the at the four or five spot because he's gonna be a lap threat. He's gonna be a pick and pop threat. Right. So it's just really having somebody that can find him in, in, in those spots and having a coach that puts him in a position to to uh, to succeed. Because I think as far as the top 10 goes, right, he's probably the guy that is going to be the most dependent on the situation that he falls in. Right. You know, just because of the fact that I think his skill set is really – like he has a pad that he could go. And if right. it kind of goes astray from that, I'm not sure how that's going to go for, you know, for his career. Uh, that's really the only the scare I had. But, I mean, uh, hey, the, the numbers he put up and what he did in college last year, I'd pick him in the top 10 too. No, that's a fact. Uh, you know, so. All right. So you have OB. Yeah. Uh, now I'm Atlanta. Having picked two wings last year, and they traded for Clint. Right. So now you kind of have the roster that you need to compete. Right. So with that six pick in a draft, I'm going with Devin Vassell. Really? From Florida State. Yeah. I was really I, hesitant. I, I'm not mad at that, though. Because, I'm, I'm, yeah. look, one thing I said, man, and I always say, Trey Young is a, an incredible offensive player. Right. He's, he's one of he's gonna be probably one of the greatest offensive players we've seen in this game. Right. But they need to surround him with just guys that can defend the hell out of the ball and just yeah. cover for him all the time. Yeah. And I think and I think that's where this goes because Devin Vassell is a guy that at Florida State last year would pick up from one to four without even sweating. He but but you're not you're not worried that they, they kinda have like guys in that similar position though by think uh Well they have Herder, they have Cam Reddish, they have DeAndre Hunter. Exactly. And which is like all the same prototype. So what are yes. we doing with those guys? What are we doing is if you look <laughs> at the model no but look at look at the model from the Celtics. Look at right. the model from the uh, uh Warriors that they built when, when they had all those guys, it's it's about it's about having guys that are interchangeable. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, if Vassal develops off- offensively, I think I think he's really really well suited to be a successful player for that team because of the fact that defensively he's he's ready to compete tomorrow morning. If you put him in the league tomorrow, he's going to be a it's kind of like a, a Lou Dort defensively, right? Where right. you just put him on a court. In any setting, it's like, yeah, this guy's going to be able to defend NBA guys, top NBA guys. Right. So then you just have to figure out a way to, you know, sort of build his, his offensive game bit right. by bit, step by step, in order for him to, you know, get to that level where he can contribute on that end. But right. I think his, his jump shot is probably ahead of what Lou Dortch was last year. 
Right. And in this draft, to me, you're, you're not trying to draft your next superstar. Right. At, at, at this state of the draft, already you're, you're looking at pieces that are going to complement your top player. Right. So if I'm Atlanta, I think, I think it's a pick that makes sense because, you know, Erder is a good player. He's long. He can defend. He, he works hard on defense. He's not the most amazing defender. Same for Cam Reddish. Right. Have DeAndre Hunter is, is already pretty good on that end, who's still developing offensively. I think right. if you had another talented guy that can contribute right away on the defensive end, I think that's going to help their team tremendously. That makes sense. That's why I'm going with Devin Vassell. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, maybe it's a reach, but I think for the fit for that team, from what we've picked as of now, it, it's what makes the most sense. That's true. But why would you pick him, let's say, over his teammate, Patrick? Because I think offensively he's ahead of Patrick. But you said you're trying to protect, um, what's his name, Trey. And isn't Patrick a better defender? Patrick Patrick is more of a P.J. Tucker type. Right. Defending, you know, three, four, fives. Whereas Devin can really defend cards. So right. – Let's say a, a situation where you play a team like the Nets, for instance. Right. You're not going to have Trey Young or Kevin Ord or Cam Reddish guard Kyrie. You're just going right. to have you, – you throw Devin Vassell out there and let him do work. You know, same. you're playing Houston, you throw Devin Vassell out there. So now you have DeAndre that can sort of defend those three, four, you know, those wings, the, those bigger wings, same right. as what uh, Patrick Williams would do, and Devin Vassell that can – defend all those other position at at six seven with a seven foot wingspan and some lateral quickness right you know so so i think for 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 for, for atlanta that would be a, a solid pick at seven for detroit who do you have um i, I i'm thinking of and i usually don't don't do this because you know i don't think we we, well, I was going to say we haven't gone with an international point guard who has just came in there and killed, but then Luca, Luca just changed all of that. But that's a big, a big, a big dude, man. But yeah. not, <laughs> I was thinking of Killian Hayes. Okay. Um, just because I think, if I'm not mistaken, D Rose is supposed to be, they're trying to get, get him out of there. And, you know, they have a few young pieces. I think that team got, has to rebuild. All and, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think with with guys like the the, the French the French dude they got Sekou um, Sekou and, and and guys like that and even Bruce uh, yeah. and, and guys like I think they need you know uh, a point guard who who's gonna get them going yeah. you know what I mean and I think having a young guys that's gonna grow with their young core I feel like they're probably gonna trade uh, Blake pretty soon you know what I mean if they're thinking about still rebuilding you know what I mean get them out of there and get get some young pieces going and, you know, rebuild from the ground up. And I think Killian could be that guy. Uh, my only concern, like I said, international. But then again, he's not really international, right? I think his father is American, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, his father is American, but his father played, you know, 15 years or so or 20 years in France. Right. And so so he knows so the mentality a little bit. He's not a, a real, you know, international because he's been, you know, he knows about the culture and anything like that. That, so he's not going to get necessarily get that shot. 
No, he's not going to get that shock. But at the same time, he grew up, I mean, in the French system. Like, he played for the French national team. So under 16, under 17. Right. Um, so, yes, I think maybe he's more American than some of the other French players that we usually see. But, uh, I mean, he's still, he's still a, a, a European guard. So He is. And, and all that means is he plays the right way. You know what I mean? He, he plays the right way. Uh, you know, it's not like he's coming from, let's say, playing with little kids. He's playing, you know, at a high level. He's a, he's a big guard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Being that 6'5", uh, you know, his wingspan is not like Kobe. <laughs> 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 you know, so, he, so he plays big and, you know, he has a decent, a decent shot. You know what I mean? Uh, and things like that. So good athleticism, good speed. You know what I mean? Like he's, like he checks out, you know what I mean, physically. Yeah. So I no, think... no, no, no. He, 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 he passes the eye test. Exactly. That's the yeah, that's the thing about him. You look at him, it's like, yeah, that's a bas- basketball player, and he has the ball skills to play in a league. Right. You're yeah, going to watch tape of him, you're not going to hesitate and be like, oh, no. This guy has what it takes as far as skill goes and as far as, you know, his physical abilities, bro. Exactly. Exactly. And coming from a pro system, you know, I think it, it kind of gives him a little – a little edge over there. And like you said, his father playing, you know what I'm saying, professionally for 15 years, but him being American, I think ever since he was a baby, they've been talking about, you know what I'm saying, uh, oh, yeah. the, the, the culture. You know what I yeah. mean? So like I said, I think that's why I want to go with him. I feel like Detroit needs that position. And, you know, in my eyes, you know, he, he's a solid one that could get them going. Yeah, definitely. I, I, think, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And, and as far as, like, look, they need more talent, obviously. Of course. They're not so depleted as far as wings. You know, what Luke Kennard showed last year was really interesting. Um, obviously, uh, Makai Luke had some flashes after Kennard went down. Bruce Brown played a lot of minutes, and he showed that he could be a capable defender. Sekou had some flashes. so That's why I didn't want to go with those positions. So so they have young kids that, that have shown flashes, so yeah, they obviously need uh, another point guard because right, right now they just don't have many options. I mean, Bruce played some point guard last year at, at times, so they they really need that position. Uh, with the eight pick, we have the most popular team in the league for whatever reason. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. The Knickerbockers from New York. Right. Um, last year they drafted our, our, our Canadian favorite, RJ Barrett, you know, who mm-hmm. I had on the all rookie team and wasn't selected, which I'm pretty surprised and so disappointed, but whatever. It is what it is. Help prove people wrong. Um, right. so with the eight pick, this one, uh, I, I think I'll go with Patrick Williams on this one. Really? Yeah. Um, I'll go with Patrick Williams from Florida State. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think how how that fits. I mean, he he has toughness, defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, can knock down a few open shots. Uh, I'm yeah, trying to, that, I'm, that's still to be seen. But the thing <laughs> is, look. <laughs> because the thing, I'm, I'm trying to see how, how it fits in. You know what I mean? Because I'm looking to see what, what, what else would I could have went with on that situation. They have – so their guards, they have Alfred, they have Frankie Smokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
they have DSJ, Dennis Smith Jr. And then obviously they have RJ at the two uh, and Reggie Bullock. And they have Kevin Knox at the three. Right. And they have, you know, potentially, well, more heartless still there. So as far as, you know, their, their guard play goes, they have some young guys. Right. That obviously, if you're them, it's not ideal because those kids haven't necessarily shown uh, the, you know, the progress that you would have expected. But at the same time, I think it's worth giving them, you know, another chance to see how they develop, especially if they have now, uh, you know, they have their coach, uh, they have a new management team, and you can sort of build a structure of development where, where they understand exactly what, what's expected of them and what they're, where they're, they're going to be. Right. So I think, uh, so, so more heartless is going to be a free agent, obviously. Uh, so having those three guards, RJ, Kevin Knox, I felt like having another wing that can defend that adds toughness sort of complements with, you know, maybe what Kevin Knox lacks. Kevin Knox is, is pretty skilled. He still has to show a lot more in the league, but Patrick Williams would be, you know, a, a good compliment for, for him as far as, you know, their skill right. sets go. So yeah, uh, Patrick Williams. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. Uh, I mean, that's why I even ask you why didn't you pick him over uh, you know his teammate? Mm-hmm. And you know, I think I, I liked him too, uh, especially because of the physical tools that you know he he brings to the table. And yeah. like we said, as far as what it goes with this draft, you know, what I'm saying you got to bank on what you see. You know exactly. what I mean? And physical tools are something we see. The rest, you know, we could call it potential. And like we said, depend on what you bring them around, how you develop it. That's when you're going to maximize that potential. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So with the ninth pick, the Washington professional basketball team. It was Dang. You know, they call their football team the football team. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I'm going to go with uh, an international player. Denny, Ooh. I don't, I don't want to mess up his name. Avdia. Yeah, Avdia. Denny Avdia. Hey, we, we, we kind of let him slip pretty far. We did, and that's why I feel like I got to bring him yeah. in here. Um, like, I'm, I'm not even... 1,000% sure how he fits with Washington. I'll, I'll be honest, part of the reason I'm bringing him in right now is because of because we let him slip. I think he has yeah. a very intriguing, you know, uh, skill set with the size, what he's able to do. And once again, but, the, you know, the only concern is him being a national. I feel like if he would have played at Duke, he would have probably been, like, top three pick. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. As far as, like, what he's able to do with his size and everything. Because but, if, he, if, he, if he had been at Duke, he would have killed college basketball. <laughs> exactly. And can put the ball on the floor and shoot. I mean, High IQ. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, exactly. So, you know, and but because he's international, I think, you know, he, we kind of slept on him a little bit just because we every time he plays international, we feel like they got to put himself on this side of the planet before we can really rate them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I, I'm going with him. Um, he could play multiple positions. Uh, yeah. So even though, 
you know, Ryu is there. I think, you know, you can miss him up a little bit. Uh, having a, you know, a good point guard like um, John Wall can definitely, you know, ease things up for him. Uh, you know, and coming on a team that also has uh, Bradley Beal and things like that, he's not coming in with a, lot, a ton of pressure. Right? And team, a, healthy, a healthy John Wall. Don't a healthy John that. Wall. That's, that's a lot of easy ones that, yeah. you know, and he could even help spread the floor for John Wall, you know what I mean, yeah. so that he could get in there. Even though, you know, he said he's been working on his shot, you know, for when guys go under the screen for him and things like that. I'm, but I'm sure he's still looking to, you know, pass the ball, you know, to his teammates. Yeah, no, that, that that's his forte. That's his, you know, that's his bread and butter, finding right. guys, especially in transition. But the thing about Athia, like, he has nice form on his jump shot, but the percentage aren't necessarily there. Right. You know, he shot, he shot in the low 30s from three, uh, mid-50s from, from the free throw line. So I'm a little concerned about, you know, his shooting mm -hmm. because it – you know, if you're playing those positions, especially on the wing in the league, you, you, you got you got to be able to make shots. That's a fair. You know, especially in this in in this day and age. So, right now they have they have Troy Brown Jr. who shows a little promise, especially in the bubble when he was given opportunities. Right. But um, you know, I think I think Avdia could come in and compete for that for that starting spot, especially now that Davis Bertans is probably going to be leaving. So. If Avdia can come in and make shots and play make also, I mean, he, he has a head start over anybody that they have on their roster because not a whole lot of guys can really, you know, pass the ball as well as he can. And if he can show that early on, man, he, he could be a much-needed help for, for Brad and, and, and John. Definitely, definitely. Um, and, but I think, you know, as far as, like, shooting percentage goes, I also feel like, Sometimes when, you, when you're in a situation where your job is simplified, it mm -hmm. kind of helps you as far as like your shooting average, right? Just because like we said, playing with a guy like John Wall, whatever, now it's like, okay, here, focus yeah. on just making this shot versus yeah. focus on rebounding, defending, making a shot, put it on the floor, mm -hmm. everything, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I think one of the things they bank on a lot is his ability to do multiple things. Uh, in his case, coming into the league, that's not what they're going to ask of him if he goes on a team like Washington because we already have guys that can do that. Just, you know, spread the floor for us, and as you get more comfortable, you, you get to, you know, tap it into that bag a little more. Yeah. No, that's for sure. Because the thing is, when I, I, I was running my little models looking at, you know, true shooting percentage from, for the different positions, so guards, wings, and, and bigs. And you could see, for instance, wings, usually their shooting percentages – Actually, those are the ones that vary the most as far as, you know, from college to the pros or from international to the pros where they usually get better. At shooting. Right, right. Just because, as you said, you simplify the roles. Some of the right. guys in college kind of had to create for themselves and all that where they come in the league, they have high-quality guards that do that, you know? Right, right. Whereas ball-dominant guards, they tend to have a lower true shooting percentage when they go from college to the pros because – your role doesn't change and you're playing against better athletes. Right. So this is, you know, it makes up for, you know, there's a little difference there where you kind of regress to a lower percentage, whereas the wings, a simplified role, you probably get more catch and shoot uh, opportunities, you know, use your baskets at the rim. It allows you to, you know, look better. The fact that he shot 55, 56% from, from a free throw line, that's something he, he's going to have to show me that, you know, 
he, he's better at that than uh, than what he showed at, at Maccabi. Definitely. I mean, if he if he wants to have a chance, he definitely has to be able to 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 show that for sure. Yep, yep. Um, so ten pick overall for the Phoenix Suns. I'm gonna go with. Uh, hey, I, I can't believe you fell that far because that's one of my favorite prospects in the draft, man. Wow. We've been we've been pretty harsh with, with those. Guys. <laughs> oh, I mean, we're also going with needs, right? Like, yeah. And the, and the real definitely. thing, they might go with, hey, man, we like this kid. Let's get him and let's make other moves. And we're exactly. not trying to make moves right now. So you know, we we're really going with looking at the roster and feeling like what is necessary for a team like that. Exactly, and I think for the Phoenix Suns, that is exactly what they need. Onyeko Okongwu from USC. Okay. Uh, he's. Uh, incredible incredible defender he can move his feet. he can block shots he has quick hands he anticipates extremely well a little foul prone and you know his jump shot is still a work in progress right but i mean the physical tools on that kid uh, are incredible right. honestly if he, if he had obi toppin's touch he'd be the number one pick in the draft really i'm not lying to you dang if he if he had that kind of touch from right. outside, he he'd definitely be the number one kid. The number one. I think it it would be a no brainer. It's just because you know it's so important nowadays to be able to sort of either make that fifteen to twenty footer or step out, being able to step out and shoot. Right. Kind of you know plays against them, but the rest is like he has it all. You know he's really really he's a physical specimen. He's a a young prospect, really a true 19-year-old, you know, born in December 2000. So he's really, really a kid. Um, and there's there's little to not to, to really hate about him. Like, he has a lot going for him. Right. As, aside from the jumper, obviously. So Yeah. So that that's my pick for the Phoenix Suns. So if you match him with a roster full of wings, or the McCall Bridges, Kelly Oubre, with Devin Booker, Cam Johnson, all those guys that can make threes and are long, and you put in another defender, sort of hybrid forward. Right. That can just play sort of that a little bit a uh, Tristan Thompson type with more, you know, foot speed. Right. Did you see what I mean? You know, so yeah. I, I really like what he can offer for that team. So you can either play him at, uh, as a small ball five when DeAndre under is sitting or have him come in and play the four and have sort of two bigs and play with, you know, a three guards, two big lineup and sort of vary from what the uh, teams in the league are doing. And you right. don't lose much defensively because he's able to guard on the perimeter. Yeah. So, uh, so I think that'd be a great pick for them, especially if he's, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure he's going to be there on draft night, but if he's there, I don't think the Phoenix, uh, the, the Phoenix are probably hanging up the phones on any team that's trying to ask for a trade. <laughs> oh, you don't think he's gonna be out there for for them to pick him? I, I don't think he's gonna be there. That long. <laughs> Honestly, what we picked, and I think we probably like I reached for Tyrese, and you probably re- reach for Obi and like Tyrese, Obi, and Devin. We probably re- reached, so that makes it that guys like Denny and Onyeka fell off. Yeah, but yeah, those two guys are probably not gonna be. <laughs> They're probably not going to be down draft night. They're just like, yeah, those guys are going top five most likely. Uh, so for the 11th pick, 
Picking in the lottery for the first time in like I don't know how many years. In forever, so I don't even know how to deal with this one. <laughs> I have no idea because they they are they are kings of sleepers. Yeah, you know the San Antonio they, Spurs, man. Right, they 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 king of sleepers. You know, catching somebody who who not people are expecting. So I don't even know how they're gonna handle this position actually. I mean, I, they're probably rubbing their hands because they're thinking they're the best at evaluating talents and, and drafting the, those, you know, those diamonds, those diamonds in the rough. And and now they're going to actually get somebody with a little bit more talent than what they would get at, you know, the twenty late 20s that they're usually picking. Right. So so who, who do you have? Um, Man, that, it's a tough one. It's, it's a tough one. Uh <laughs> Just because I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of what they may need as far as like that roster, but I feel like that roster they, they may not even keep it like it is. Uh, just because I don't know if the Demar is gonna stay there. Yeah. I know they they want to get rid of uh, Lamarcus, mm-hmm. um, so I don't even know where to go. I, I'm going. I might you might think I'm crazy for this one, uh, but I might go with a center. Okay. You know I mean, I might I might go with a. With, with, with Jalen Smith from Maryland, um, yes. Um, and, and my reason okay. of doing that is, well, first of all, he's going to bring on much more defense than Lamarcus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't, 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 don't diss Lamarcus on this podcast. I really love Lamarcus all the time. <laughs> hey, I love his when offensively. It, he's amazing. But even like even defensively, when he's standing tall. And not being buried in picking rules and, you know, people trying to expose him guarding on a perimeter, he, he's really he, – he bought his people on, like, at the room. Man, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that. <laughs> I haven't seen that, man. I, I haven't seen that. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I haven't seen that. No, it's just uh, – but the things – I'm, I'm looking at San Antonio's uh, – roster and it's just once again with this draft being weird you know what i mean yeah. like it's just i'm like with pieces that might move around because i like what they have maybe from like the guard position i like Dejounte. yeah you know what i mean i, I like forbes you know yeah. what i mean he's tough as you know what i mean that's the michigan state dude he's tough yeah. you know yeah. that already and he you really makes shots he really really makes shots. exactly you know what i mean and so when I think of stuff like that, I'm like, man, like, do we, are we trying to bring in, you know, like that type of position to, to kind of disrupt that because they got that going on. Uh, I think inside, yes, they have LaMarcus who's great offensively, mm-hmm. but they don't pose no threat as far as like, you know, like but, a tough guy down there. Even, you know, Jakob, Jakob is solid for that system. Yeah. Now Jakob is solid, but you wouldn't go with a guy sort of a, a three and D because you have a lot of three and D's left on, on, on that board. But I, you know, I did think about that. But the thing is, if we're playing, let's say, if we're keeping uh, Damar, yeah, how effective is that three and D guy? I mean, Damar is going to be the main one, you know, creating for people. I think, <laughs> I think last year, Damar had the most. Uh, three-point assist in the league or something like that. He created three-point assist, you said? Yeah, three-point opportunities for guys. I think it was last year or two years ago. So that means Rudy Gay is not, unless you want to put Rudy Gay at the four. Yeah, you're, Rudy at this stage of his career is a four. Right. 
So if you're putting Rudy at the four, then yeah, that that would make sense. But it's just that I don't know. I just I saw those guys. Like I didn't want to split up Rudy and uh Demar because obviously I like both players and I feel like mm-hmm. you know if they're staying, I didn't want to bring in anything that would disrupt them. I feel like that position as far as like you know one to three ish. Yeah. They're okay. They got some, you know, a few solid pieces. So I didn't and, think and, bringing in a guy like a three and D changes yeah. that team as much as uh, a presence a down there. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I I totally understand. And and I think Demar and Rudy kind of helped that team compete. Right. You know, and, and you saw it in the bubble. Even though they're not necessarily the most talented bunch, it's just having those two guys that are veterans and sort of understand how to play and how to, you know, take advantage of situations. It's a team that's still able to compete and, you know, they could potentially try to make another run at the playoffs next year. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think even at at the same time, being at the, in the West, you you need that Mm -hmm. presence down there, that athletic, you know what I'm saying? guy that's going to hold off, you know, because I, I'm sorry, but I don't see um, LaMarcus, La uh, uh, you know what I mean, posing threat to a guy like AD on the defensive end when oh, AD's wow. catching that lob. They're just throwing lobs all over him. Yeah, even you know, Trey Lobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that, that's why, like I said, I felt like they, they, they were missing, you know, a, a threat, somebody that would scare them down there. Mm-hmm. But what what's how how much better is Jalen Smith than a guy that you obviously know following the Pac-12 the last couple of years that they have on the roster? Uh, Shimezu Metu. I think he's bigger, uh, stronger, more athletic, better shot blocker, possibly. More athletic than Shimezu. I feel like it. Damn. I feel Shemezu, like it. was pretty athletic at USC. <laughs> He was. He was definitely pretty, pretty athletic. But I think, I don't know, I feel like he might be, or maybe because he's taller. Yeah, yeah. Because Jalen yeah, is a legit seven footer, right? He's 6'10, six, 6'11. Six, right. Shimezi's 6'9 ish. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe a 6'8. What, what his wingspan look like? Shimezi has a pretty long wingspan. I, I don't know the exact, but he, you know, he looks, looks big out there. Jalen, Jalen has like a seven three. Yeah, he has a seven. <laughs> he has a seven two wingspan. So, so that makes a difference, right? You know, yeah. As far as length goes, yeah, it makes a difference. Whereas Shimezi has a seven foot wingspan. That's uh, yeah, that's basically a wing, right? You know, but um, but he's pretty athletic too, and but oh, the difference, I think. The fact that Jalen can also step out. Right. Jalen is sort of a – look, I'm going to go ahead and make – like sort of a Yongi Baka. Okay. You know? Right. Where he has that little touch from 15-20. He blocks shots. He, you're not sure what his offensive game is going to be like. Right. But, you know, he – he has the tools to develop into something. Right. And, and that is, and that is perfectly fine because then from there, they could just, you yeah. know, play through, you know what I mean? Uh, 
uh, what's his name? Damar, yeah. you know what I mean? Who, who loves to post up a lot. So if he kind of clears out a little bit, you know, where the big kind of has to play in between stepping out the key and helping out or anybody yeah. going to help that, you know, kind of spread it out a little more too. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so with the 12th pick, the, the Sacramento Kings. Right. I, I'm on the clock. This is a team that's <laughs> it's gonna be a crazy, crazy offseason for that team. Right. You have the Fox um his extension, uh Bogdanovich extension, possible trades with you know, because they have a lot of guys on their roster. Look, <laughs> it's tough because I feel like they have what it takes on that roster. They have talent. Right. And depending on what they decide to do with their guys, but you know who I'm going to go with? I'm just going to go with Aaron Nesbitt for, from Vanderbilt here because I just think that's, that's, a, that's an easy choice at this point. Really? He's 6'6". Six, six. The guy shot 50% from three. He has all the physical tools for, to defend. And again, he shot 50% from three last year, average 23 points a game. You're not going to ask him to create. If somebody has to create, it's going to be Bogey. It's going to be, um, what's his name? Fox, obviously. Potentially, uh, Buddy, if he's still there. It's not going to be him. It's going to be a catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, they still have, you know, they find backup point guards every year. You know, right now they have Yogi Ferrell and Corey Joseph. So, if they can keep that loss and add another piece that can have some value. Right. And if obviously everything gels together and Fox is healthy all year, I think, I think, and Bagley is healthy all year, I think they could, you know, they have some, they can show something. I think they have some promise. So I'm going with Aaron Nesmith from Vanderbilt. I'm definitely not mad at that pick uh, because I, I had that in mind for for my next uh, pick. But then again, because that team is, is so weird, right? They're young and they have a lot of pieces, but yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not mad at that pick at all. I think, yeah. you know, it, it's something intriguing, especially this late. Like we said, you can't go wrong this late in the picks just because the, the one you're picking right now could be probably the, the, the best one in the draft. Exactly. You know I mean? <laughs> so I, I'm not mad at all. Exactly. A lot of teams are, are, are kind of trade down. I mean, expect a a wild, 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 wild draft night. Right. Because, I mean, the fact that there's so little gap between the top prospects and the rest of the draft, you know, teams are going to be like, you know what, I'll take your second pick, your, your 12th pick, for instance, and a pick for next year for my second pick overall or my third That's pick. That's a fact. You know? That's a fact. So... So with the 13th pick, the New Orleans Pelicans select my main man. Nah, that's not my main man, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think, um, like I said, this roster is pretty. It, it's pretty solid. They're young, but but solid. They got you know multiple pieces that can kind of fit into like multiple you know gaps. It's a balanced um, roster. But exactly. They're, they're probably trading Drew. Drew, yeah, true. But, but if they're trading Drew, then that means I got to look at a point guard. 
which I'm not looking at a point guard right now. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, you're right. The, the right thing to do would be, you know, to, to go for a point guard. But then, Dan, that, that put me, damn, what would be the best point guard available? I mean, uh, you have options. You, you have Tyrell Terry. You have, you know, Kyra Lewis. You have Tyrese Maxey. But Tyrese Maxey is more of a two-guard. But, hey, you have Lonzo also. Yeah, but Lonzo, first, he's injury-prone. Yeah. Two, Lonzo needs a backup. Yep, definitely. Right? Like, he yeah, – I mean, like, if he goes – but then, it, man, it, it, it's weird. But I'm going. I'm going with uh, the, the the Nova, the Nova kid, uh, Sadiq Bey. Sadiq Bey. Yeah, that's a solid choice. I yeah. like Sadiq Bey. I like him. I like him. Uh, six eight could play multiple position in my eyes, especially the stretch at times. Um, and yeah, he's I like. Got, he's got a strong body. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what I like about him. If you if you got him at the you know the four, even sometimes five, you know, with Zion, because Zion you know, uh, athletic ability, sometimes he could cover fives, you know what I mean? Yeah. So if he's designing and slashing and Sadiq is spreading the floor for him and you got a few shot makers, that's, that's solid right there. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and the fact that he can stretch the floor really, 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 really helps. For, uh, exactly. For, for a guy like Zion. And even for, you know, obviously he got better at, at shooting threes, but even for, for Brandon Ingram, because he likes to do a lot of his damage on the mid range. So that's a fair. You know, attract the defense, kick it out, and you have another option at the three. Right. Uh, that, that, I, I'm not mad at that pick at all. Yeah. Uh, I actually like it a lot. Yeah. So the 14th pick, the Boston Celtics. I mean, I, it's, it's incredible that they're picking in the lottery every year, even though they're like one of the five best teams in the league. Hey, that is a genius <laughs> move that they right there, man. That move is incredible. So this is actually one tough team to pick for. The next one is tough, too. <laughs> yeah, no, the 15 is, is, is also very, very tough. Uh so I'm I'm gonna go for this one. I'm gonna go with Tyrell Terry from from Stanford. Really? Yeah. Because look, one thing Boston didn't have last year, um, and I think no, he was good, but they were really really relied a lot on Brad Wanamaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's not necessarily the best three-point shooter that you have. Right. So having Tyrell, that sort of a, a poor man, Trey Young with, you know, more defensive abilities, I think it's going to be interesting. He, he could be a solid backup for, for Kimber. No, I'm not mad at that you know? because you're, you're right. I think you, you, you brought it, you know, back to my attention. You're right. They, they're definitely weak in that position and it wouldn't hurt drafting that position and, and develop it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Man, if he's been, and, and the thing too is if he developed quickly, you know, he could be ready to get some very significant minutes because, you know, uh, Brad was doing the absolute best he can with that roster. Exactly. And I mean, a lot of people feel that, you know, he's very small and he has a, a slight build. Obviously, he doesn't have broad shoulders, but he's, 
he's six three, you know, six two, six three. And man, he's a sniper. Right. He can really, really, really make shots. So I, I think it wouldn't be if he's there, if he's there at that spot, I I'm not the, I'm not thinking two times, you know. I think no, as far as as what's left on the board, I think it'd be it'd be a good pick for them. No, it makes sense. It makes sense for sure. And for our last pick at 15, the Orlando Magic. Selects, selects. That roster is a weird one too. Uh, they got they got you know a lot of a lot of balanced pieces. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna go at the guard position just because I'm giving your boy one more year to 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 you know he's looking better. I don't yeah, lie, he's looking look, better. They looked good. I I think honestly they have a solid starting five. They do. If you if you think about it, when everyone is healthy, they have Kel, they have Evan Fournier, they mm-hmm. have Aaron Gordon, they have your boy um, Jonathan Isaac, right. mm-hmm. and they have Vooch. Yep. That's pretty good. No, definitely. I I think I wanna I, I wanna go. I wanna go at the. At the bigs position, I might be getting ready to to be done with Mobamba. Wow, already? Yeah. That I'm just not seeing it at the moment. It's tough, you know. what I mean, he seems like a cool guy, but it's just it's he's not getting it done. So I might go with Precious. That's not a bad pick. I'm I'm really not bad at that. Right. I'm really not mad at that, and and honestly, Precious. At the way he's developing, I think could potentially, you know, move sometimes at the wing. Yeah. And, and, but that's why I also pick pressures is remember we spoke about how that roster has a lot of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And he kind of fits into that mold. Mm-hmm. And their best lineup is when those guys are on the floor. You yeah. know what I mean? The, the Jonathans and, and the Aaron and, and, and those guys, like the bigger guys, that kind of looks interchangeable. Like they all looks like the same height, and yeah. you know what I mean. Like it kind of fits into that mo, and that's why, like, I went at, <laughs> at mo mo, kind of is like the odd man out because even when you put Kem in, Kem kind of fits in there. You know what I mean? He yeah, might not Kem have really fits well with those guys. Set, but defensively, yeah. he fits in very well and sets some very good screens, and you know, is ready to dunk it. And so that's why I feel like Precious fits perfectly into that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that was a really, really good pick. Let's just choose our our two sleepers. So guys that we didn't pick, but, you know, we we still think are going to have solid careers. So who are your two guys, two sleepers in this draft? Damn. Uh, (laughs) You know what? Into the whole draft, we're going to go with the whole draft. I I need to look at that, that class. Um. I like my boy Peyton. I love Peyton. Yes. Um, I think he's being overlooked right now, but yeah. he's going to be an incredible backup point guard. Just the way he led that Oregon team. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Peyton. Skill set is ridiculous. He works hard as hell. Yeah. Um, he just needs an opportunity, you know, to to do what he, he can do. And, you know, even from talking to guys like Dylan, who who goes back, there and CB who goes back there they're like man yo Peyton is a problem you know what yeah. I mean and for them guys to say that 
And just like I said, just seeing them putting in their work, I'm going with Peyton. Definitely. And I I feel the same way. And the thing is, that's why I probably wouldn't pick after after LaMelo and Tyrese maybe. Like, I'd be hesitant picking another PG because of the fact that you have guys like Peyton that could probably do the same job and even better and show up to the league more ready than certain other guys that might be, you know, slotted ahead of them. Exactly. So my pick is a, it's a similar, you know, top process, Trey Jones from Duke. I right. think a lot of people have him in the second round, but the guy was ACC player of the year, ACC That's defensive, my, yeah. you know. And to me, it's like if you dominate at such a high level in college, Right. Why would other guys that didn't do the things that you're able to do and dominate that? Go much, ahead of you. Go ahead of you. And that far ahead of you. So obviously there, there's a certain question of potential and everything else, but it's not like he, he's an old guy. He's not 25 years old. He's, yeah. He, he was, was a sophomore, sophomore, right? He was a sophomore. I mean, he's, if, he's the same age as some of these international guys coming. Exactly. Exactly. He's 20 years old and, if he's seen his brother in the league, his brother's going to have a very, very long career. Why? Because he has a high IQ and Trey's probably, you know, has the same feel for the game. A little less maybe, but has better athleticism and better physical tools than his brother has. Right. So, you know, you pick and choose and that's a pretty solid point guard for, for the next few years that you can have on, on your roster. Right. So, yeah, Trey Jones. Yeah, that that that's my second one too. Uh, yeah. And after, you know, the, everything you just said, the same reason is just a simple fact that he dominated at a high level. You know what yeah. I mean? And he, he could play, especially for your backup. He just got to spare your point guard, your, your starter, some minutes, and he's good enough to do it. So why am I going to overlook a guy like that that has proven at a, at a high level and he's coming in with less pressure than he did at Duke or even Peyton coming in with less pressure than he had at Oregon because – you know, he's not the the main guy running the team. He's just got to run the second unit. Exactly. No, I, th- I think he's going to be solid. Uh, so, for my second pick, I have Isaiah Stewart from Washington. Okay. Yeah, I think I think he, he could be – he could contribute for, for, for a good team. Right. You know, kind of like surprise people a little bit like Eric Pascal did last year. He doesn't have yeah. the same perimeter skills as Pascal does, but, man, he has those – Bowling ball shoulders. He, he moves well without ball. I mean, he, he was by far Washington's best player last year. And, yeah. you know, we saw him on the under-17, under-16 teams with uh, Wiseman and Vern Carey. So, and he, you know, he was just as good as those guys and just as, you know, valuable as those guys uh, when he was on those teams. So, I think the top But don't, don't, is, doesn't his lack of shooting kind of scare you a little bit? Maybe a little bit, but the fact that he's such a great athlete, right? I think it makes up for it. And he he's a six nine with a long wingspan and a really big body. Yeah, he he had a seven four wingspan. You know, so so to me, it's like, man, those physical tools, and the fact that he's really really young and he's going to be able to learn a lot. Right. You know, uh, I I I like his chances. I really yeah. like his chances. So yeah, so those are our our sleepers. Obviously, the the draft is going to be such an eventful night. So many things, so many teams are are thinking that they can compete next year. The the West are probably probably has fifteen teams that think to themselves that they can make the playoffs. 
So <laughs> definitely. So it's gonna be really, really interesting to see, you know, who trades down, who who tries to move for veteran players. So that'd be uh especially with the fact that you have free agency only two days after, you know, it's gonna be hectic. It's gonna be an, a, a hectic night uh oh, next sure. next Wednesday. Uh so looking forward to it. Obviously we have another you know a whole lot of interviews uh, coming up you know some dropping in the next few days next few weeks so stay stay tuned for that anything else you wanted to have dad uh nah man nah i'm looking forward for these drafts i'm looking forward for college ball you know what i'm saying yeah. to get going man i'm called college even nba is about to start in two weeks now I'm playing and but it's starting pretty soon though. <laughs> <laughs> it's starting pretty soon. So there's about to be a whole lot of basketball talk going on over here, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because and free know, agency is next door as well. Man, listen, things are looking crazy right now for us as far as like, you know, stuff to talk about when it comes to basketball. Oh, it's it's looking very, very, very interesting. It's gonna be a lot of juicy details. Obviously we're not into that gossiping and everything, but man, no sir. The league the league does, you know, the story just writes itself. You know, so can't 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 wait for that. That's All right, man. Pleasure. Always a pleasure. Yes, sir. We'll speak obviously uh, next week or soon enough. 